Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this spring training edition of the Bullpen Cart presented by Thunderblogsports.com. The final division preview, the NL East. It is myself and Greg Piatelli going through all five teams. We look at their major acquisitions, how each roster stacks up against one another. Then we rank all all five teams, one might be obvious. The other four are going to surprise you because Greg and I do have some differing opinions. It was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think about it. Other segments include stadium snacks, a bleacher creature, a little bit of bracket talk, a little bit of playoff talk, and what to expect in the 2019 season. Make our World Series picks and all that good stuff. As always, though, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you want to be subscribed for the 2019 season so you don't miss an episode. But enjoy this episode, guys. We are really excited to hear what you think and for the season to start. Here we go. And we are live. Welcome to this final spring training episode of the bullpen cart presented by Thunderblogsports.com. The NL East, we are at the final stages of spring training. And joining me, as always, is my man, the prophet himself, Greg Piatelli. How are you? Opening day Thursday. Opening day Thursday, baby. Pump for it. Uh, it sucks that the World Series, reigning World Series champions, uh, are on the road for like the first two weeks of the season. Uh, I want to say absurd, like double digit number of games that they're playing before they get a home uh, series. So, kind of ridiculous. They're starting on the West Coast, doing a West Coast swing. And. That would be the Red Sox, of course. And because they're playing two games in London, the MLB is giving them like X amount of days off before and after the game. So they're they're days off when they're during the season when they're in. Like they play a bunch of back to back games consecutively mm-hmm. because of this whole London series. But Jordy, those sounds like excuses. But the best teams cut through the excuses. I'm more excited to talk about what is probably the hardest and most. Uh, Hardest to discuss and most uh, everyone has a different the most opinions about this division uh, and that would be of course the Annalise. Yes, I am excited as well. And just to let everyone know, opening day at the Red Sox, April 9th. So yeah, you got about two weeks from tonight. We're recording this on Tuesday night. Wanted to get you a full day to listen to this podcast before opening day on Thursday. Yeah, the April yeah, the 9th, that's, Greg. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, is there? Do they do any sort of like renovations at Fenway? I know they've done that before, where they've pushed back Fenway opening day. No, it's just because they have the West Coast swing, and they like last year they they did a West Coast swing, but they did uh, it was like end of April. Yeah, I mean, you knock off Seattle and Oakland right away, though. So you know, you might as well do it now when it's cold and shitty weather in Boston, and you know, by the time hopefully by April 9th, it's more spring type weather. I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, Thursday in Philadelphia is projected to be, I think, like 50 degrees. Um, I'm checking it now. Yeah, Philly's opening day, high of 58, low of 40, of 47. They have a day off on a day that it's a high of 62. Uh, Saturday afternoon, high of 72, some actual, actual spring weather, and I'm hoping it does not rain on Sunday because I am going to that game. Opening night, and I get a free T-shirt. Very excited about it. But um, humble brag, how'd you get tickets to that? Uh, a buddy of mine bought it on a ticket app. I'm not going to say the name because they do not pay us to say their name. Nice. I'll leave it no at free that. Ads. Good for you. No free ads, baby. But yes, NL East, Greg, you encapsulated it perfectly. This division, probably the hardest to rank and to predict how it's all going to happen. Um, Vegas is showing it in terms of over under of odds um, and a lot of different reasons for it. You know, they're, each team brings something unique to the table, whether they're the clear fifth, which we'll get to, whether they have studs <laughs> in their starting in their starting area in their starting rotation, not starting area. Um, they have awesome young talent, which a couple teams in this division do. They signed one of the better players in the free agent market to add to an already close enough team. They made a couple other moves. <laughs> we'll get to. Uh, I'm just. I'm trying to be vague here. You know, a close not, enough team. <laughs> they were leading the division in, on July 31st. They were a playoff team, and uh, on September 1st, they were two games out of the out of the playoff. But hey, no one's no one's a big me. no one's listen. No one rooted harder as a non fan than this guy, except for two years ago when you'd remind me how close the Phillies were to last place. Right. <laughs> But I was rooting for them not to win in the last place. Which fan favorite Pablo Sandoval prevented. I think the Tigers also finished behind the Phillies in 2017. But uh, last in the National League was prevented because of Pablo Sandoval. No. Or no, they didn't get the last pit. They didn't finish in last because of Pablo Sandoval. They finished ahead of the Tigers. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking, of course, about the Giants. But not at least. Um, yeah, very tough to predict for those that are new to the spring training podcast, which I know there are some out there who Greg, um, they tuned into a little bit or maybe not to any of the pods that were waiting for this one specifically. So, you know, no, no pressure, Greg, but we got, we got the, uh, the good, good in, in here, the, the real, uh, real cream of the crop of listeners, or I guess the full crop. But if you're new to this, we rank, or we first look at every team in alphabetical order by city. And then we rank the teams at the very end. Um, one of the teams we're probably going to spoil where we have them ranking. Uh, I already alluded to it before. But, Greg, we start with the Atlanta Braves. Last year's National League East champions, they fell to the Dodgers in, I believe it was four games in the National League Division Series. And Atlanta comes in having made a signing of Josh Donaldson at third base and... Greg, what are your thoughts on this team coming in to 2019? I mean, they stood pat, right? Basically. They stood pat. They added Brian McCann and Josh Donaldson, yeah, two veterans. They brought back, brought back Brian McCann. Right. Yeah, two veterans that uh, can help lead and, and hopefully uh, shape the young guys for the positive. And they had some guys who overperformed last year. Um, and basically they, they poor for, they, they were able to be in the position they were last year because of 
uh, how weak the te- the division was last year. And the reason that's mainly the reason, yeah, they played well and they got some good production, but it really was the collapse of one team that allowed them to make the playoffs and get into the playoffs and get in that spot and uh, allowed their young guys to get that experience. But, you know, lightning never rarely or if ever strikes twice. So for me, staying pat really says to me they're they're not willing to sell the farm for this year or next year. They're looking to build for the long term, which um, they can do because they have the talent in the field. And they have the talent in on the pitching staff. Need need bullpen help, but um, you know, Jordy, this tell me as a GM, right? Mm-hmm. What would you do with this if you were this team last year? You know, as the GM of the Braves, what would you do this offseason? Will you have all the young talent? You made it to the playoffs. You lost in the first round. Would you stand pat or add add some veteran guys like McCann and Donaldson, like they did, or would you go out and try and sign a Harper and throw the money away? Then you have to get rid of Acuna Jr. down the line or whoever else. No, I think it was the right move to to stay pat. I mean, you won you won the division. You won ninety games with this. And yeah, you fall to the Dodgers in four games, um, you know, which which stinks. But that Dodgers team, as we've talked about, they they really went in last year and in, in trying to you know pull away with this, and and they almost pulled a Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, <laughs> what the Blue Jackets might do right now, but different pod, different day. Um, to your point, though, they did beat up on the the American or in the National League East last year. Mm-hmm. They had double digit wins against all four of their opponents, including the nationals who uh, was the closest. They went 10 and nine against, but 12 and four against the, or 12 and seven against the Phillies, 14 and five against the Marlins, which not hard to do 13 and six against the Mets who played very well against other national league East opponents, you know, and in terms of overperforming, it'll be really interesting to see how some of their young guys perform this year, because you saw Ozzy Albies come off to such a hot start and he continued that power wise. I mean, he had 24 homers, 72 ribbies, finished the season with a 261 average, uh, over 300 on base percentage. So you like to see that. Um, Acuna was the one who we talked about last year of when was he going to come up on this preview? Um, they were, there was a little bit of service day hoarding by the Braves. So he only played 111 games, still amounted to 26 homers. Only 64 ribbies, uh, a lot of strikeouts, 123, which comes in as a team second best or worst, depending on your view of strikeouts. Um, but yeah, guys, the two guys that led the way, Nick Markakis, who they re-signed this offseason, and Freddie Freeman. Um, you know, and it, it'll be really interesting. I think Freeman certainly has the skill to continue that. Markakis, another veteran guy who's been around the block a few times. We'll have to see what he does. Um, and he and he overperformed last year. Mark Higgins did, and and yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you there. Certainly, and so, I mean, and, he, and so did Fulton and Wits. Their their pitching. Fulton Evitz, yeah, yeah. Thank Mike you, Mike Fulton Evitz, who turned out to be their ace. You're absolutely right. And I mean, to be fair, he was a bit of a. He made up a little bit for a a bit of a down year for guys on their roster who were hurt for part of the year, like cool um, or who um, Julio to who had a down year guys who were hurt a little bit um, that didn't necessarily make all of their starts like Anibal Sanchez. Um, Brandon McCarthy was on there was 
a starting pitcher for them for a little while too. And that, that might've been part of the reason why, um, you know, they, they were able to come on so strong guys like Sean Newcomb were, were really strong for him. So we'll see, we'll see if, uh, you know, where their lineup kind of falls there. They had Kevin Gosman. They picked him up from, from Baltimore uh, towards the end of last year. And that seemed to help out with them. And he and 10 starts posted to two, two eighty seven ERA. But I think that's probably the best question though, is, where do they fall in 2019 in terms of their performance? Yeah. And, and I mean, Freddie Freeman, you mentioned it, Ronald Acuna and then Donaldson all can put up huge monster MVP type numbers. Um, at least the Freddie Freeman and Donaldson have been in the conversation and Acuna, the way he played last year. Um, the issue, I guess, is the bullpen for this team and Craig Kimball out there. There was rumors that they would pick him up, and but again, it doesn't seem like the GM is willing to sell out on these long-term contracts or anyone in the in the that's not a rookie because of how young they are and, and how bright the future is. Jordy, this team won ninety games last year. Do they do it again? Yeah, it's a great question. Vegas has them set for twenty nineteen. At 86 and a half, which I like the over of 86 and a half. I like the under of 90. I see them around 88 wins in 2018. Nice. Or 2019, excuse me. Yeah, I was, what I, year is I, I'm going under as well. Um, I'm going under as well. Let's uh, move on to alphabetical order here. And then, and then at the end, like Jordy mentioned, we'll give our standings and why. Uh, Miami Marlins. Yes. Jordy. Greg, they made a lot of um, a lot of acquisitions for the future. Is that the best way to put it? Is Curtis Grandison for the future? <laughs> Veteran presence? <laughs> I mean, you're talking uh, about a team that lost D. Gordon, Kristen Yelich, Giancarlo Stanton, JT Rilamuto, like all their yeah. all their guys who were that performed well for them as of two years ago. Yep. And now are gone. And Rilamuto they should have traded them last year, but they didn't. They could have gotten assets, no. assets back for them. They could have gotten assets back. They got from from the Phillies. They got Jorge Alfaro, who is major league ready. Uh, he was a highly touted catching prospect for the Phillies for a while. Uh, and has been up in the bigs for a couple of years. They got Sixto Sanchez, who immediately becomes one of the Marlins' top prospects. He's he's MLB.com's number 27 overall. Um, it was a He was a piece, just for reference, of the Phillies were not willing to give up when they were in the talks of trading players or trying to trade prospects if they were dumping somebody. Um, so the fact that the Phillies were parted ways to get Real Muto and, and add him on, a, you know, says a lot. And we'll talk about that acquisition in a little bit. But yeah, you know, um, that's what picked up Riley Farrell from uh, a waiver claim from the Astros. He immediately gets to their number 21 prospect, another pit, another right-handed pitcher there. But then a lot of other veteran guys. You mentioned Curtis Granderson. They got Sergio Romo, who we we might remember as a as an opener from last year. Neil Walker. So, you know, nothing over the top for this Marlins team. And sadly, if you're a Marlins fan, which you know, I I, I don't want. I'm not going to take a pot shot at him. It's going to be a bit, long enough here. Uh, it's going to be a long year for the Marlins. Is is the basis here? I mean, their pitching staff is going to be really interesting to see Yahoo doesn't even have a starting right fielder on their uh, 
depth chart, which is astounding that they didn't even think to code that in. Um, but yeah, Greg, it's going to be, it's going to be a long year for the Miami Marlins. Yeah. And I mean, I think you, you mentioned it. I mean, Curtis Granison, Brian Anderson, Neil Walker. I mean, Sterling Castro, Gary Cooper. They have more Yankees on this team. <laughs> um, again, yeah. The, the best way to Walker, try to put it Castro. is that this team I mean, takes the flyers on on prospects that you know have come up into the majors and and you know not necessarily have had the greatest years. The prime example is Lewis Brinson, who was a one of the bigger names in terms of Brewers prospects for a while. He came up in 2017, you know, and then started going up and down between the minors. The the Marlins picked him up in the in the Yelich trade, and he played you know, most of the season last year, um, scratch that about two thirds. If you're, if you're, if you're building for the future, sorry to cut you off, but if you're building for the future, right. You're probably gonna make my point. So please continue. Yeah. But if you're, if you're building for the future, yeah. Why, why get rid of, why get rid of Yelich, right? Why get rid of, rid of Real Muto? Why do you have Sterling Castro, can and you pronounce go, their former catcher's name again? And then go sign Sergio Ramo, the 36-year-old reliever from Tampa Bay, or Curtis Granderson, the 38-year-old outfield free agent who hasn't been the same Curtis Granderson that he ever was from before. I mean, the moves are baffling. Absolutely. Greg, MLB.com. Com has on their list of acquisitions, they put the big names up and then they put a lot of different other players in there. Uh, some of these other players are names you might recognize like Pedro Alvarez. You know, I mean, <laughs> this is a lot of the moves that they're making. Other guys are prospects who are not necessarily up there. And but like, Greg, it's going to be, like it, they're, start, they're starting pitchers are young. Okay. So they have three guys who are 25 and younger the other two are 27. So they have young starting pitchers. Okay, cool. We're going to rock with young pitchers. But then you're going to go out and give them a, a lineup with Curtis Granderson, who's 38. Neil Walker, yeah. who's 33. Has been relevant in forever. Sterling Castro is basically 30. I mean, not that that's old, but that's... that's. And then you have Sergio Rama, who's 39 years old in the bullpen. I mean, what do we... I don't know, man. You're yeah. you're telling you're telling your fan base you're telling a lot of people you, you're you're punting for the next ten years. I don't know what it is, but um, I mean, if you're going to give up John Carlo, why take Sterling Castro? Like he he clearly is not going to help you. Like he's not going to help you. He's not going to help. You're not helping the player. So why take him? Why not get more better prospects? Um, I really can't give team. you a better answer than that. Yeah. Um, uh, let's I mean, move on. This team is so frustrating. Yeah. Uh, quick over under pick 63 Classic and a half Jeter, by the way fucking Jeter fucking Jeter man F 63 and a half Greg if you bet the over there you're gonna make money if you win that it's plus 110 at 63 and a half minus 140 for the under what they win uh, last year uh 63 on the dot well yeah you know what fuck it I'm a money guy I'll take the over you're gonna oh you're gonna win some money I'm gonna go under I think uh you made the point on the Braves, and I think it uh, the division being stronger just does not bode as well for the Marlins. And 
We'll talk a little bit why in a, in a few minutes with a with another team. But the next team we move on to, Greg, is the New York Mets, the Metropolitans, who a lot of people are pretty excited about, Greg. You want to uh, tell us a couple reasons why people are excited about the 2019 New York Mets? So the Mets went out and got Robinson Cano, Jed Lowry, Wilson Ramos, Keon Broxson, Yuri's Familia, Justin Wilson, Edwin Diaz. Brought back Yuri's Familia. All right. And who they really lost? Who did they really lose, Jordy? Jose Tell Ramirez? Me. Jose Reyes, sorry. Mm-hmm. Jose Reyes. Like, who did they really lose? Uh, the only issue with the Mets, per huge, is to start the year, Todd Frazier, Jed Lowry, Yohannes Cespedes, all doubtful and quite i mean u.s Cespedes is questionable for who knows when they have no idea when he's coming back they're thinking all-star break yeah but frazier and lowry are are definitely not starting the season um playing right away but the the point with the mets just like every year is pitching staff unreal degrom Syndergaard, wheeler Mats, vargas unreal great pitchers um I mean, they have some guys on offense. They're better. They're better offensively than what they were the last couple of years to match that yep. pitching. But it always comes down to injuries with the Mets. Always comes down to what will they do next? Last year, seventy-seven wins, um, and they were, I guess, in it. You could say for a little bit. But um, Jordy, a lot of homegrown talent on this New York Mets team. Yeah, it's usually a theme of the Mets. They're they are big on bringing up their own guys. They have other they've made other signings, you know, throughout the past. Obviously, they brought in Pedro Martinez at one point. They got Jason Bay, um, you know, a number of different guys that have you know come through the system though that have really you know left their impact on on the franchise. And you know, if the Mets performed last year how they did against the NL East. They might have won the division. I'll say it. I'll put it that way. They won 11 games against the Phillies, against the Nationals, 12 against the Marlins. Now they went six and 13 against Atlanta. They finished oh, 13 games back. So even if you you put that up to let's just say 10 and nine, you're still nine games back. That just tells you how they didn't really perform very well outside of the NL East. Um, so you can't even blame the the strong division, weak division argument there. Uh, they're actually a decent decent road team. But, um, yeah, you know, the thing with the Mets, the pitching staff is probably the best in the NL East, maybe the best in the National League. Health is certainly of a concern. Um, I'm actually really excited to see, though, where this lineup goes, that, it, that they are a team that I – do already have tickets for to see in the middle of April when they first come to Philadelphia for a day game. Pretty excited for that, but it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see where they go. Cause depending on how healthy they are, they can take this lineup a number of different ways in terms of small ball, in terms of trying to incorporate the long ball, obviously getting Cespedes back whenever he does is going to add a large, you know, emphasis on the on the long ball there but you know 
it's going to like with a couple other teams in this division, the bullpen is going to be a question for him. Adding Edwin Diaz, the back end of their bullpen in that trade from the Mariners um, should help certainly, but yeah, you're right. Health is uh, of the utmost concern for the yeah. New York Metropolitans. And I mean, you're talking about Frazier, Lowry and Cespedes who all outfield infield guys. Um, but Jordy, let me just read something to you, which I find pretty interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. Mets projected projected again projected opening day. First round pick, second round pick, first round pick, first round pick, free agent or tenth round pick, first round pick, twelfth round pick, and then Wilson Ramos. I'm not. It doesn't say what I'm looking at where he was drafted, but my point is that. Lowest Hall of Famer ever in terms of draft position. That's really impressive. I didn't know that. So my point being about these first-round picks, 10th-round picks, first-round, first-round, second-round picks is, again, all these homegrown players, there's a lot of talent, right? Because that's how, if you're first-round pick, people think you have talent on paper at least. And on paper, this Mets team for a couple of years has always been that sort of, oh, we have talent, but we have talent, but we have talent, but. And to me, yeah, everyone keeps saying their kit, their pitching is key. Can they stay healthy? Their bullpen is key. Can they stay healthy? Can the bullpen get them wins, hold the starters win? Because the, the starters, right? Jordy, isn't this a Mets theme? The starters pitch eight strong innings and then the bullpen comes in and blows it. Uh, eighth, ninth inning. So I have a feeling it's the same story, different year for the Mets, but I mean, that's, that's my opinion. What do you think? Yeah. Obviously you don't want to root for that kind of stuff of, you know, injury troubles. The guys like Noah Syndergaard had last year. You've seen Steven Matz have it throughout the, throughout the years. Uh, you obviously don't want to root for that kind of stuff. You want them to be competitive. You want to see what they can do. You want to you know, beat them at their best. Um, you know, and and we'll see what ends up happening with these guys because you know it'll be it's it'll be it, it'll be complete jackal and hide, right? If they're just unhealthy throughout the year and they're not, it's not a you know competitive division, not a competitive team, and putting it putting up everything that way, um, you, so, know, you know it'll. Sorry. No, you're good. But all I was going to say was that. I think their offense could be good. I think there's still a lot of holes, even at fully healthy, because, you know, it's you have to wonder what's Robinson Cano going to do. He's a big name, but even last year after the suspension, he wasn't, you know, the, the best hitter that he was the first couple of years in Seattle when he was when he was a Yankee. Uh, Todd Frazier didn't have the greatest year last year. I know he was a little banged up. Obviously, Cespedes is, you know, he was banged up for a lot of the a lot of the year. Wilson Ramos is certainly a welcome addition and a welcome upgrade at catcher. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what Jed Lowry does. That outfield Nimmo should be pretty good. He was pretty good last year, um, especially against the Phillies. But that's neither here nor there. Conforto probably leading the way though in terms of uh, you know statistically. But we'll see what these guys do because they had a year where. Like you said, right at the top of, of talking about this team, they they hung in for a little bit, you know, um, 
And then, you know, really bad June kind of put them in this position and, and May as well. Their May wasn't that great, but they put themselves in too big of a hole where they played above 500 baseball in the second half of the year and they still finished with 77 wins. So, yeah. And I just have a feeling that I have a feeling that they are seeing the writing on the wall in they're seeing the writing wall in terms of like their pitchers aren't getting any younger that sort of win now. And that to me, this, the moves of, of Cano and Lowry and things like that, that guys that are sort of not tail end of their career, but they have their contracts, they're older. So they're going to, they could retire earlier and their contracts would end earlier, whatever it may be. The point is that they're making these moves for the now. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're trying to, to capitalize on the starting staff while it's still together. I mean, they just inked Degrom today to an extension. Um, you know, I, I would I would think if you're a Mets fan, I, I would think you're hoping for this that they do the same for Syndergaard and and you know keep him as long as you can. But you know, who knows what happens to, to Mats, to Wheeler, um, to guys like Gesselman, and and how the rest of their their pitching staff will go down the line. So, you know, you're absolutely right where they're going for now, and they're trying to get the the older guys. You know, hopefully, hoping that they're catching him at the right time on the tail end of, of everything and that right. it can all click and work out. So you can't blame them for the starting staff they have. And like you mentioned, you know, a lot of on paper talent. I think their farm system still still pumping out a number, a number of different guys down, you know, down on those those lower tiered levels, double A, triple A, what have you. Um, so, you know, why not try to add some, uh, you know, some more and more. Uh, some more and more veteran talent, if you will, to help do you, them out. Do you like the move for uh, Cano? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Really, I really don't know. Jeff McNeil actually did a decent job for him last year, I believe. Um, but Cano, you know, he adds a veteran presence. I know he had he got popped last year for, you know, for PEDs and whatnot. But you know, he still adds. He still adds a. a veteran presence that has a world series bring. So maybe he helps out with some of the younger guys on the team. Maybe he ends up having a resurgence coming back East. Um, but yeah, you, you really have to hope he improves. You have to hope when Frazier healthy, he improves because he batted two thirteen last year, Greg. Um, so really all these big names and, and kind of underperforming in 2018, they're really hoping that they have bounce back years. Hopefully they're hoping they're not dead cat bounces, but they're hoping for a bounce nonetheless. I love it. Um, I had to throw in a financial term in there, but do we <laughs> want to move on to? Well, before we do that, eighty-five and a half. Uh, it's even odds, or not even, but uh, same odds over under at one fifth at minus one fifteen. Which I mean, I guess that's fair because you don't you don't want to predict health one way or the other because. Uh, the the wise guys would be all over it one side or the other of uh, how to smartly bet that. So, Greg, what do you have at, at 85 and a half? Yikes. Um, I'm going to say under. I, too, say under for the Mets. Under. Are you ready, Greg? Oh, boy. We move on. 
to the Philadelphia Phillies. My favorite team of all sports, but maybe oh, all sports, huh? Yeah, number one, number one of the four in Philadelphia. Um, Phillies, Flyers, Eagles, Sixers for uh, anybody paying attention. But yes, the Philadelphia Phillies come into the 2019 season, obviously having signed Bryce Harper, trading for Greg. What was the catcher for Miami's name again they traded for? Andrew McCutcheon. They signed Andrew McCutcheon. He was not the catcher on the uh, the Miami Marlins. What was his name? David Robertson. Uh, he is a a bullpen guy that they signed who used to be on the Yankees. Um, so close because the Marlins are basically just junior Yankees. But the catcher Gene, who's Gene, Gene Segura. Segura. Uh, um, welcome addition. Also received from a trade, but from the Mariners. Bryce Harper. Uh, he was signed for a lot of money, stupid money, if you will, uh, but not from the Marlins. He was signed not, from a different not, division. Team. Not the highest, uh, not the highest signed guy either. You don't need you know what? I said he was not. He's not the highest. He doesn't have the largest contract in the MLB. And he doesn't care. <laughs> uh, Vince Velasquez. Uh, not a free agent. He's been on the team for a number of years now. Uh, Juan Nicasio. Are you talking about Juan Nicasio? <laughs> the the reliever? Yes, sir. I mean, there is also a, a mispronunciation. I'm talking about JT Real Muto, not Real Muto, or however you're pronouncing him before. Sir um, Anthony Dominguez. Yes, yeah, Sir Anthony Dominguez, a part of uh now um. An interesting back end of the bullpen, which I'm, um, you know, might we be, now have a, a nice trio. Might be my favorite. He I is your favorite. He's your boy. He's your boy. Yeah. If, if you're new to the bull, to the bullpen cart podcast, we do every week. We do a Phillies talk. We do a little Red Sox talk. Greg every week asks about Sir Anthony Dominguez. It's his, it's his guy. Um, but yeah, we jumping right in to, instead of trying to get Greg to pronounce different players on the Phillies last names. The 2019 Phillies come in. They've upgraded both offensively, and it's pretty obvious to see that. There's you know all the different date, all the different numbers out there. Bryce Harper's career at Citizens Bank Park. Um, they bring in some vets like a McCutcheon, a former MVP, to kind of help. Even before they had had Harper to kind of corral the outfield. Um, Harper obviously adds a lot of talent there. Segura is a welcome addition because he's a great leadoff hitter and he's a much better defensive option than Scott Kingery was at shortstop. Um, you bring in Real Muto, who's probably one of, if not the best catcher in baseball. He improves on Jorge Alfaro and Andrew Knapp's combined numbers, both offensively and, again, defensively. And that's something, as a Phillies fan, and if you are a Phillies fan listening to this, that's probably – it's going to be talked about, certainly, because their defense was atrocious last year. But the fact that they're going to be beyond competent – because they were fairly incompetent defensively last year. I cannot stress that enough. The fact that they're actually going to be solid defensively is, is huge because, yes, their offense is going to be great. And to kind of put a point on that, Greg, their leadoff hitter for most of the season last year is, is tentatively batting seventh on opening day on Thursday. The guy who is at points batting second, at points batting fifth, sometimes sixth, seventh, is batting eighth, Michael Franco. The guy who sometimes is your two hitter, sometimes is expected to be your three hitter in front of Reese Hoskins, is batting sixth in Odubel Herrera. 
And you know the the one two three are all off are all off season acquisitions. Your five hitters, Will Muto. The offense is going to be great, but defense cannot be I mean, understated. Reese, Reese isn't hitting fourth. No, Reese is hitting fourth. So it's yeah. right now. It's tentatively it's Segura, McCutcheon, Harper, Hoskins, Real Muto, um, Odubel Herrera, Cesar Hernandez, and Michael Franco, and then Aaron Nola, who's the starting pitcher. But then the point Herrera I'm getting at is the league leader or the team leader in like every category last year. Yeah, and and one point that that a lot of people were making um, was that or a a theory I should say that a lot of people and have been retweeting is to see how Odubel Herrera becomes a fan favorite. Cause he's no longer going to have to be expected to be the, you know, the, the guy on the Phillies that he doesn't have to be the hitter or the second best hitter behind Reese Hoskins. He can, you know, be that guy in the, on the back half of the lineup where yeah, instead and- of, instead of, hitting 22 homers and 71 RBIs and batting 250 to show for it. Maybe that average goes up and he, can, and he keeps those power numbers. Like we've seen in 2017 to a little bit in 2016. Yeah. And I, I, always, I thought that last year he got a bad rap because he put up he big numbers. He was really inconsistent last year. I mean, well, he put a big Franco numbers, led the team like, in batting never, average. I was going to say he like never, he like played sparingly down the stretch. Who Herrera? Yeah, or no, he played. A, you know, he was playing. He wasn't starting every day. He was right. I mean, he had a he he and uh Gabe the Babe had a little bit of I believe a little bit of a of a tiff. Roman Quinn was also healthy in the second half of the of the season, and and he was a speedy and defensive option who did have a better batting average, uh, not nearly the same power numbers. Um, but yeah, Herrera in, in theory should be your starting your starting center fielder. Um, and, and is for opening day right now. Um, and you're right. I think he got a little bit of a bad rap. He got, he was so inconsistent and, and had, you know, at times just, you know, really, a, a really bad, you know, really bad stretches in the second half really encapsulated that where he was getting, he was getting sat for a little bit of it. And, you know, he didn't end up playing as many games as we, as we would have thought. He only played 148 out of the 162. Um, only Carlos so, Santana and Cesar got to that number for the for the team. So let's talk about since we're doing a way more in depth analysis than the average or the casual fan of, about the Phillies. Let's talk about their big signing. Let's talk about the sexy signing, Bryce and uh, JT a catcher. Let's talk about those two guys. Uh, Four hundred million dollars they've spent this offseason uh, between. Robertson, McCutcheon, and Harper, the Phillies did. Because Robinson is a huge bullpen help for them, which their bullpen struggled last year. So absolutely did. Give me without adding a starting pitcher, really, did this team do enough? So that's what I was getting at is the pitching staff. Um I think they did enough to be certainly a contender for a wild card spot. I think they're gonna get in. Um, whether it's wild card or division winner is still remains to be seen in my book. I've seen a lot of comparisons online to the 2008 team, which had a young stud in Cole Hamels, a uh, pretty, you know, machine like offense that could pump out runs at will. 
um, a veteran pitcher, you know, in Jamie Moyer. They added a guy at the trade deadline in Joe Blanton. Um, and then a couple, you know, other starting pitchers that were, you know, more role players, if you're going to think of it in, in a basketball-like term. Uh, and then a solid back half of the bullpen, which, as you just mentioned, adding Robertson helps out and solidifies that a little more. You can use Sir Anthony Dominguez because Gabe the Babe doesn't like to put – uh, labels on it. You can use him as your eighth inning guy. You can still use him as your ninth inning guy as they did last year because you have Robertson to basically trade spots with that. You don't have to worry about the health of Pat Nishak and overusing him or whether or not you are. You don't have to rely as heavily on Tommy Hunter, who uh, I'm still you know, not a big fan of, and it'll be nice to not have to see him when there's a save situation in the, you know, Back, you know, the late innings of a game, seventh, eighth, ninth inning, um, and putting the putting the game on on his back there. Um, because you're right, last year the bullpen really did struggle, and you saw a lot of it with the starting rotation when this team started to struggle, and and as you so eloquently put it, collapsed in the second half of this in the <laughs> last third of the season. Really, um, no, but it, it was it was frustrating seeing them play. I mean, we can talk about my over under bet last year and how I thought I was going to get how I was going to get bad beated on a twelve game losing streak. And, um, and Gabe the Babe is a great manager. Yeah, I think I think he and people were calling for his head. No, well, people didn't like the start last year. You have to remember, despite the fact that they were up two games or they were down two games in the division entering September 1st, they had a really shitty August. You have to remember they had a really bad start of April. Um, and I, and there was also the whole thing where he brought in a reliever who wasn't who hadn't even thrown any warm-up pitches. There was a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, the polling Aaron Nola in the fifth inning of the first game of the season when Nola had, had injury struggles in, 2000, in 2017, there was a lot of stuff that, you know, the first impression was a little rough, but I think by the end of the year, I I was certainly a fan. And I think I think he had turned a lot of the fan base. Um, you know, I, I don't think the sushi people comment that Joe Madden made about him and about made about Philadelphia fans and the need of sophistication happened. I think you know the on the field product I think is going to improve, and we're going to see you're going to see it in terms of fans showing up too. But kind of just to reiterate on the bullpen, having that solid trio of Robertson, Dominguez, and Nishak, and not having to think that you have to overuse a Nishak, a Hunter, Nicasco that you were talking about before, Jose Alvarez, and Adam Morgan, too. I mean, Morgan, I think, is he's a little more if it's batting down the hatches because it's going to be a long day at the ballpark, but you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe he has a resurgence. Um, Jose, do you, this team, I feel like, is relying on resurgence from guys like McCutcheon and things like that. So, I mean, I guess McCutcheon at some point won't necessarily be an everyday. It would be like yeah. a three out of five, I should say. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what they end up doing in terms of both left field and third base. Left field's where McCutcheon's playing currently. Uh, third base has Michael Franco, and I don't, I don't know if they've if they've come out right and saying that they'll be doing any sort of platooning. Um, that was the heavily believed rumor in spring training for third base specifically, where Michael Franco and S- Scott Kingery were in a position battle. Franco obviously won the opening day job, but I wouldn't I wouldn't discount Kingery there. You saw him play a little bit of third base last year as well, especially after they picked up as Dubal as Dubal Cabrera. Um, Think about this, Greg. At one point, they had as Dubal Cabrera, Odubel Herrera, 
batting back to back. So real tongue twister there. Um, but well, you know, my point being is that left field could be the same way there. You still have Aaron Altair who was in desperate need of a bounce back here after a really shitty 2018. Nick Williams is just sitting on the bench waiting for his shot. And I, I don't think I'm sure he's probably a little bit bummed that, you know, one of the best free agents on the market was signed and is bringing his team in immediately into a playoff contender. But uh, I think before, if the Phillies had lost out on the Bryce Harper sweet state, he was going to be your right fielder um, at least against right-handed pitching. Cause lefties, he doesn't do so well again. So, you know, it'll be really intriguing to see what the two of them do while Tara and Williams to try to crack their way into the lineup and crack their way off the bench in terms of a, uh, you know, using good old National League Baseball like Gabe the Babe does. Love Gabe the Babe. Before we get down to the Phillies rat hole, which we already are, Jordy, round out the division, Washington's Nationals. Uh, yep. Once we do the over-under for Phillies win, what do they say it is? So it's 89 and a half, Greg, which I put I put a little bit of money down on, on the over. And I got it before the odds went up. I added it at minus 115. Now Vegas has it at minus 130. 89 and a half, and they, they have to win 90 games. Last year, they won 80. Is Bryce Harper a 10 game? I mean, the division's that much better. Division's a lot better. Is Bryce Harper a, a 10 win? Well, Bryce difference? Harper, Lemuto, Segura, McCutcheon to a certain degree, Robertson to a certain degree. Is it? Is it, are they a 10 win difference without bolstering their starting starting pitching? But they did both. They did both of the bullpen, so I'll give them that. Um, yeah, you know what, Jordy, I'm going to go over as well. All right, my wallet thanks you. The one last point on this on the starting pitching that I didn't really see when Ikoff gets healthy if Velasquez remains there. It seemed like he was going to while uh, Ikoff was still healthy, but um, Velasquez could also be a pretty good back end of the bullpen guy with the fastball he throws. Uh, Pavetta and Eflin both had pretty solid years. You know when they were on, they both had pretty low down back halves of the year. Pavetta, a sleeper starting pitcher in terms of, uh, you know, bouncing back this year. So if the, the fantasy experts at Yahoo are, you know, saying anything, maybe that that's a good sign. Hopefully there's some consistency because while the team and the offense was producing, you saw a little more consistency out of them. But if two of those three guys are on and the, uh, over the five, the five man rotation, the back half, you know, I'm going to be fine with that. Washington Nationals, Greg, rounding out the division. Obviously, they lost Bryce Harper, but they don't have to worry. Or, you know, that it's not all frowns over at Nationals Park. Do you want to tell us why? Yes, they lo- they lost Bryce Harper, Kelvin Herrera, Matt Waiters, Tanner Roark, Gio Gonzalez, um, but they added Patrick Corbin, one of the better pitchers in the league, Annabelle Sanchez, the guy who was robbed of a perfect game, Jan Gomes, Kurt Suzuki. Brian Dozier, Trevor Rosenthal, two catchers, essentially. Um, the argument is, and the thing people are saying, is that, yes, they lost Bryce Harper, but in theory, this is a better team because of Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin at the top of their uh, pitching rotation, as well as how deep their lineup is. Um, guys like Trey Turner, Zimmerman, Rendon, uh Juan Soto, who had a good rookie year last year, looking for him to turn out again this year. Trey Turner, um, plus Howie Kendrick starting the year on the on the DL again, fifty years old from the Phillies, and then Michael Taylor. Uh, it's sort a of feeling younger. for like a hot second. <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> Michael Taylor is sort of a younger guy, but um, Michael depth- A. Taylor, you must remember, you must uh, point that out. Right. The depth on this team is pretty impressive. And obviously their starting starting pitching rotation rivals that of the Mets. Um, have they said who their fifth starter would be? Yeah, I have on. I don't have the official word. I have here Jeremy Hellickson, which would be really interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He was a former Philly that you know did okay. Um, he was on Baltimore last year. Who, yeah, and he was on good. Baltimore for the for the last year and a half. The Phillies dished into the, to the Orioles um, at the deadline in 2017. Yeah, so real inconsistency there. Uh, former Marlin as well. Um, yeah, I, you know their offense and the f- top half of their starting rotation are are pretty awesome. I mean. Even without without Bryce Harper, um, assuming assuming Adam Eaton stays healthy, he he's had himself a couple good, you know, good years, but ha- has really struggled to stay healthy throughout throughout that time. A couple years ago, he was I think batting like three sixty, and then got hurt for the rest of the season in like on May first, maybe last year. He only played ninety five games. Um, so if he's healthy, I mean, he could be a welcome addition and a welcome replacement for Bryce Harper. Um, you know, he's, you know, you can't replace a 300, you know, or, or you can't replace a guy that had over a hundred RBIs that easily, but you can you certainly can do that in, in building up the, in building up the, as Billy Bean said, in in the movie version of Moneyball, you can build up your Island of Misfit toys and buy runs that way. So you cannot you know, replace I mean, Gary Bertier. Oh, yes. Thank you, Julius. <laughs> But that being said, uh, yeah, Trey no, Turner, I, Trey Turner, I, mean, I think is is due. I think probably for a big bounce back year, um, and that's saying a bounce back to a two seventy one batting average season and nineteen homers. Um, you you could see him hit twenty five, thirty homers, get up to a hundred RBIs, especially now without Bryce batting third. Um, you know, but so we'll it have comes to down- see. It comes down to the two outfielders who are replacing him, uh, Juan Soto and then Victor Robles. The two of them, younger, sort of first-time starters last year. This is sort of their breakout year, if you will. Um, those two, I think, are going to drive. This team will only go as far as them. Uh, I think they're obviously they're That's often, a fair point. Yeah, I think their pitching staff is talented enough for them to win games, and they have enough depth outside of those two guys, but those two guys, I think really, if they're able to have strong seasons and build off of what they did last year and only get better, um, a la a ben, Andrew Benintendi uh, route or um, Aaron Judge in his second year versus his first year, if they can only get better, then I think this team makes noise. And I think, you know, I, yeah, it's... This division is crazy, and it's impossible to pick uh, the order. But give me the over/under on wins because uh, we spent a ton of time on the Phillies. So we're not giving the Nationals their due, so we'll give the Nationals their due, and we predict where they finish. Give me the over/under on wins. Yeah, so over/under on wins is eighty-eight and a half, six and a half up from an eighty-two win season last year. Um, 
Vegas is as minus one thirty for the over and plus one hundred for the under. Greg, damn, a hundred wins. You really think they're going to win a hundred wins? They only won eighty two 80, last 80, year. Eighty eight is the number, not ninety. Oh, sorry, they only won eighty two last year. Yeah, eighty eight, and the Phillies are projected to win eighty nine, huh? Um, yeah, I'm going over. All right. I I honestly think that the Mets. Um, I think the Mets. The Braves and the Marlins obviously are, are maybe not the Mets, but definitely the Braves have a down year compared to last year. Um, okay. The Mets, I think, are almost, I don't want to say as bad as the Giants were, but almost have that that Giants feel of, of oh, we signed all these flashy guys and old guys, but yeah. at the end of the day, they're not going to do anything, kind of. The age is what concerns me the most about the Mets. Right. Right, and that's sort of what I feel this year, and and so and obviously the Marlins are Marlins, so I really think it's going to be a two-team race in Philly and Washington. Really, and yeah, and almost. I mean, you could you could pretend like the Mets, are the you could pretend like the Braves are the are the Tampa Rays, and you could pretend like the Nationals and the Phillies are the. American League East because this division almost mirrors it. You right, you got the American League East, Red Sox, Yankees. Nationals, Phillies, and then you got Atlanta, which would be like the Rays, and then you have the Mets, which is the Blue Jays, and the Miami Marlins, which is obviously the Baltimore Orioles. So uh, you could Dallas argue matched up natural rivals too. <laughs> yeah, and and you could you could argue that that that's sort of how it goes, um, and you could argue that it's similar in that regard. So for me, I just feel like the top two teams are going to end up winning more than. Um, the eight, the nine. I mean, the eighty-eight and eighty-nine games, respectively. So, uh, sure. I'm going to go more on the eighty-eight there. Okay. All right. So you kind of just went through your ranking. No, uh, I didn't go through sell- my rankings. All right. Yeah. So let's jump right into it. I okay. think it's pretty much uh, worldwide. Wait, you didn't give us your over under. I am going to go under nice. on the Nationals. Homer pick. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> I. Remember, I said Atlanta at 88 wins. So start. it's worldwide believed, worldwide agreed upon. You know, We could all sign a treaty that says the Miami Marlins are going to come in fifth in the National League East. Do you agree? Yeah. I agree with you. The Mets in fourth. It sounded like that's where you're putting them. Uh, back and forth. Mets and Braves for me. Third really? Yeah. Back and forth. Right. Um. Ultimately, I'm going to go. I think Braves dropped to fourth. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Mets in third. Braves in wow. fourth. Wow! All right, go. I'm going Mets fourth, and I'm going to go Washington in third. I think they have. I think they have a solid enough year. I think it's like an 85 win season. Um, you know, I think still hanging around there. I don't think that we're going to get to these astronomic levels of wins in the Amer- in the National League. I think Washington still hangs around for the second wild card spot. Um, and maybe he's battling the last week of the season, but I think Atlanta with their youth, yes, their pitching staff is worse objectively than Washington's is. Um, like we were saying before, it's probably second best to the Mets. Um, I just think Atlanta's lineup with the youth they have that Freddie Freeman's really come into his own as an MVP type caliber player. And I think he could have that kind of a season this year. Um, which is saying a lot considering the number of, of different players in the National League. Um, but I just think Atlanta's 
I said I said 88 wins. I think Washington's at 85, so I have them second. And and the Phillies, um, it's hard to not be to not say it's a homer pick. So I'm just gonna say the Phillies win the division. Yeah, no, and uh, and I guess my pick more based on pitching. Um, you know, I think that the Mets, my my third place, my contingency is on the Mets showing out and and. Uh, they're starting pitching really having and doing a number on on uh, the rest of the division there, especially the Braves. I'm going to go Phillies in second. Okay. Uh, no, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go Phillies. So, I'm so torn because, again, I'm torn between the Braves and the Mets in third and fourth, and then I'm torn between the Phillies and Nationals first and second. Now, I want to say Nationals because of their starting pitching is unreal. Um, those top three guys are easily, easily the top three um, in the league. Almost rivaled the Tigers from a couple years ago with Scherzer and Price and Verlander. But um, hard to say that there's a better one-two-three combo. So that's a huge reason. But just the idea of Bryce Harper and that offense in that in that uh, Babe Ruth sized ballpark because it's not Little League field like Yankee Stadiums. It's the next level up Babe Ruth sized ballpark. Um, that being Citizens Bank Park where the Phillies play. The idea of that offense and that and for 82 games at home um, just really, really makes me want to pick the Phillies in first over the Nationals. And I love Gabe the Babe, but that's pig with my heart. Jordy, I'm going to pick with my head. Um, I'm going to pick the Nationals starting pitching and enough of an offensive filling the gap from Harper leaving nationals first Philly second. Yeah. So my whole thought is the Phillies are the best offense of the, or the best lineup they can put out. Um, I think they have the fourth best pitching staff. Um, One of the better bullpens, but starting pitching is the big question mark. So really what really is going to stick out is, is, how close are they in the division when the trade deadline rolls around? Do they go out and get, do they get another arm? Um, but I think that this offense and the clip that they can run at is enough to help out with those arms on the starting end. Because like, like, like I was talking about, when the bats went dead last year in August, you started to see slowly but surely that affect the starting staff and the bottom up. Those bottom three guys, instead of having a clip where – one of them might have had a bad start, but the other two, at the very least, went okay. And one of them had a stud afternoon or night. It, you know, maybe two of them had a bad start, and then all three of them were. And Arietta eventually just completely melted down. And as it turned out, he was hurt for most of the second half last year. Nola still did pretty well, but eventually hit him too. He did not finish the season strong last year. We talked about this when we talked about why we both agreed on Degrom winning the Cy Young Award. Uh, for last season, um, but I, you know, I think when that offense is humming, it really helps give that starting pitching confidence. I still don't think that the staff as a whole is is anywhere close to the best in the division, um, even with the bullpen that they're supporting this year. Um, but I, I just think that offense is in the left hand, in the lefties ballpark that it is, uh, with the immense winds that blow. Uh, I'm trying to think of what direction left field is, but they blow out of left field. I just think it helps out the, that lineup a lot. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> help with Ryan Howard. It helped with Chase Utley. 
and it'll help with with Bryce Harper. And Reese just eats that park alive. Oh, Reese loves it, baby. Oh man. I mean, Herrera does well too. Where they not? Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think he'll have a, a better year. It'll be really it'll be I mean, really interesting to see how that how Herrera, Hernandez, and Franco do on the bottom half of the lineup now instead of being on the top half of the lineup. Um, I, yeah. I know I said that before, but, that, but having, that'll be a really interesting storyline to follow along to. Uh, oh yeah. And having a guy like Harper and even Reese a year, a full year now, right for him. Cause he, he got called up a couple games after, right? No, Reese played the whole year last year. Okay. I thought he was one of those. It was two Chris- years ago. He got called up in July. Okay. I thought he was one of those Chris Bryant things, but yeah. having, having a guy like Harper who who's going to take all those, uh, you know, those, those, um, how do you say hardest pitches, right? If you will, like everyone's trying to avoid him. So they, they give the guy ahead of him a pitch to hit so that that guy can hopefully pop out as opposed to walking him and, and getting him on and, and having to face Bryce. So, um, but ultimately I think, I think pitching wins out in the end for me. No, 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 and that's fair. That's and that's the biggest question mark coming into the Phillies year. As I mentioned, uh, it's hard not to be it's hard not to be a homer. Uh, I also have some money on the Phillies winning ninety games, so uh, you know, trying to help my wallet there, Greg. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna do to keep it with the Phillies, but move on to our segments with stadium snacks, Greg. I want to tell you about a couple things coming to Citizens Bank Park and and try to entice you to come to. A ball game down here. Uh, you know, since I went up to Fenway last year, you know, you know, continue the home and home tradition that we do. Um, how does that sound to you for for stadium snacks? Let's hear it. All right. So one thing they did do, Greg, they have this bar called McFadden's, I mean, and McFadden's you could enter in, you could enter the ballpark through through McFadden's. They decided to tear it down, or not tear it down, but they decided to gut it out. Half of it is now Shake Shack. The other half is a beer garden, which it's called Pass and Stow, uh, which are named after the guys who recast the original Liberty Bell um, because now they have the original they have the original Veteran Stadium Liberty Bell outside of Citizens Bank Park, which I don't know why they didn't have that before, but yeah, they do. So now they have this beer garden there. Sounds awesome. They have a Shake Shack inside the stadium. They have that at the Wells Fargo Center. Um, apparently, they did a number of different of different paint jobs. It's all exciting. It'll be really cool to see. One item that I'm just going to touch on quickly um, is Questlove has his own cheesesteak that is being sold at the stadium. Um, it is a vegetarian cheesesteak, so it is made with Impossible 2.0 meat, topped with a cheese sauce and a pepper relish. Um, apparently you can find it in a number of different sections. The one I do want to talk to you about, Greg, is called the donut burger. Mm-hmm. And the, this is the description on Philly.com. Can't decide between sweet and savory. Get both with a bacon cheeseburger served on a glazed donut topped with a spicy pepper jam. You can find this at the, at the boardwalk eats. Cause you know, we're, close to the Jersey shore. So there's a, a bolt. There's a uh, boardwalk area in, in left field. Okay. But this sounds incredible. The picture of it, Greg is a glazed donut, you know, just regular glaze, you know, the, um, on a, you know, normal donut, little, you know, a little juicy patty. Got a little melted cheese, which I might skip that part, but you got the bacon. It's almost like a baconator. Just 
I hope it's I hope it's uh, weaved over to almost create its own patty of bacon. Um, spicy pepper jam. Big fan of that. I've never had Aramark's version of it, but um, or at least not at a, at a baseball stadium. I think Aramark used to used to be the uh, food provider for one of my old work offices. But spicy pepper jam, if it's done well, can really be uh, can really tie tie the whole thing together. Really explore the space. Um, pepper jam, huh? Yeah. I don't know. I can't say I've ever had it, but you, I'll tell you one thing. You make this food sound, if I may say so, unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I always try to, Greg. I always, I always try to outdo myself. Always make, uh, always make, always, uh, always try to impress, Greg. That's how I, so, that's how I operate. So, Jordy. You may have convinced me. You're gonna make an appearance? <laughs> Based on that and having to try it all, I, I might just have to. But let me. For, quickly... Are we gonna get two appearances of Greg in South Philly? One for the one one for the Phillies, and one for when the Patriots come to town. And for the GD Thunder Cup. So I don't see you oh, coming yeah. to Boston more than once. I mean, I came to Philly like six times last year. Anyway, oh, well, um... you came once <laughs> for the you came for Thunder Cup. I went to Boston last year. Give me some. Give me some end of the season awards, Jordy. Okay, yeah, that's fair off, to do. Off um, the cuff. Off the cuff. AL MVP. I'm gonna go with Mookie. <sighs> back to back, huh? Yeah, I think so. I, I think. I mean, it. I. You know, it's just. I mean, off the cuff. I think the Red Sox are gonna have a great year. I think Mookie will have another great year. You know, if Trout's, you know, big big money is gonna be, you know boost him that way but i don't think the angels are having an, an, a lights out year so i don't think once again sadly with mike trout i just don't think he's going to be on the headlines as much as mookie leading one of the best teams in baseball so you say that but every single year mike trout wins the mvp or or almost wins the mvp and yet his team has made the playoffs once if that's so yeah, they uh, have and mike trout's one of the best players in baseball. I mean, I don't disagree. I don't disagree, but you can't, you, I mean, your argument for not giving it to him is because his team never wins. But my point is that, uh, I, I'm going to give it to Mike Trout because, uh, MLB baseball writers are a bunch of peace, uh, sorry, POSs, And, uh, it should you go to Mookie. Podcast, right? You know that <laughs> it should go to Mookie agreed. But, uh, ultimately I think, uh, they gave Mookie one year. They're just flip-flopping Mookie Trout, Mookie Trout, Mookie Trout. Uh, Jordy, National League MVP, what do you got? Oof, that's a good question. Um, do, 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 do. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Anthony Rizzo. Nice. Yeah. What a sleeper pick. Yeah. I think the I picked the Cubs to win that division. I think that I think they beat the projections, Greg. If you are not following this storyline, all the computers have the Cubs coming in last place in the what? American League Central, and all five teams winning like eighty-eight games. National League Central. Um, That's yeah, the, oh, yeah, National League Central. But so I think the the Cubs beat all the computers and win the division. And I think Anthony Rizzo is a big part of that. That's so silly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All, like literally, Nate Silver had it, and we all know Nate Silver's. Uh, passed with projections, but then like um, MLB.com's projections, I think had it, and a lot of other, a lot of other ones do too. So 
That's what that's one to find out. Chicago versus the computers. The sushi man of Joe Madden, who went to a college in Easton, um, versus the computer. The things that his GM and president have built his team around. You know, Theo's yeah. a big computer guy. I'm never a fan of. Uh, I have, sorry, I've never really been a fan of Joe Madden, but um, I'm gonna, so the trendy pick right now is people saying Ronald Acuna. But I'm going with his teammate Freddie Freeman. Yeah, I like that. I just think that all the all the talk is gonna be on Marquez Acuna. Freeman's gonna get a lot of. Uh, I mean, he's there every year. He's one of those guys that uh, kind of like the Arizona first baseman there that kind of deserves it. But, but um, he's now St. Louis first baseman. Right. Yeah. Sorry, he got switched to St. Louis. Yeah. But my point is that uh, I think it's time. I think Freeman deserves to get one. Jordy, uh, American League Cy Young. Is is this Kluber, Bauer, Cole, Sale, Verlander, Snell? I mean, this this I feel like the Cy Young in the in the American League. There's so many more candidates than the National League. Uh, is it possible to pick a favorite? Who who do you realistically think would win? Yeah, that's tough. Uh, I can't even pick my top three uh, off the cuff. I'm gonna go with Kluber, but I think he could be like fifth in voting. Everyone keeps saying that, and and yeah, I mean, everyone keeps saying Kluber and Bauer, Garrett Cole. I mean, I, I don't know about Trevor Bauer. Mm-hmm. I, he gets hurt too much for me to for me to like actually rely on a pick mm-hmm. of that sort of thing. I know this is all for fun, but I don't know about Bauer. That's the only one I'm sure about. Is I don't. I'm glad. I'm probably going to be dead wrong. He's going to win 22 games and strike out 300 batters, but I I don't know on March 26th about Trevor Bauer. Yeah, I think uh, I think Blake Snell. I mean, you and I talked about Blake Snell back to back, but I'm gonna go Chris Sale. He hasn't won one. Uh, you know, what? actually, just kidding. I'm not going Chris Sale. He pitched too late in the season. He he stumbled on the stretch like he did last year, and then uh, he pitched late into October. So I'm not going that. Yeah, last I guess year we'll when go. he had the was last year when he had all the the stomach problems, or was that two years ago? Uh, two years ago, last year he claimed to get a belly button ring. But it was really oh yeah, that's shoulder, what it was. Yeah. Shoulder being tired. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go Kluber, I guess. Anyways, uh, National League Cy Young Award winner Scherzer, Degrom, Nola. I feel like those are the three real candidates. Uh, what do you think? Um, or anyone not I'm on that go list? With, I'm gonna go. I was gonna say say maybe notice Noah Syndergaard. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I'm gonna probably go with him. Yeah, uh, hope he has a bounce back year and and you know reclaims uh reclaims Mjolnir or for the MCU fans Stormbreaker and just he he go <laughs> he goes for the head of the Cy Young voters. Uh, I'm going Scherzer. Yeah. I, did, I think the one thing with Scherzer is uh, I don't know if it's just the last I don't even know if it's the last time I saw him but seeing him against the Red Sox and struggling there just really kind of soured me on on all that. I agree and and the fact that he let a pitcher hit a d- double off him and Couple RBIs. I 100 agree with you. The only thing I'm going to say is he has to step up. He has no other choice but to step up because they um, lost Harper. So and now they have. Uh, he puts the team on his back, though. <laughs> yeah, but now they have two other studs behind him who will take some of that pressure off him. Um, so that's yeah, actually he... a really good point. Adding Corbin probably helps Scherzer yeah, a ton. Exactly, and that allows him to sort of feel some less pressure. Do you know enough about um, rookie of the year rookies? 
to uh, I, I wouldn't be able to give a a, a legit pick for that. Well, we can uh, save that I mean, for the first. I mean, we know we know who the American League one's going to be. Oh yeah. Um, what's his he, face? He's a junior. Yeah, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah, nailed it. it nailed it. Um, do you, Everyone, do you think Fernando Tatis Jr. does the double gets the double junior? <laughs> uh, I don't know when he gets called up though for the for the Padres. That's the only thing I don't I don't know about. Yeah, everyone keeps saying this Victor Robles kid from the Nationals. He could be. I mean, he Not did pretty everyone, well for but them. That's what the trendy pick is. Sorry, that's the yeah. trendy pick. Um, yeah, well, this like like this this is what happens every year though. Is that like there's the trendy pick and then some dude comes out of nowhere like Juan Soto and has this unreal season starting in like May. But then Acuna was the trendy pick last year, and he was the correct one. Yeah, I mean, he absolutely was the correct one, but Soto <laughs> made a legitimate claim for it. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, Jordy, any uh, Bleachek Riches? Um, the only one I can really think about, um, there's one that's not really a Bleacher creature. It's more of a clubhouse creature. was Carlos Santana bat- just – bashing in televisions um, because he didn't like that guys were playing Fortnite during games uh, last year in the Phillies clubhouse. Um, one though, that's a, more of a booth, a booth bandit was the um, alliteration I thought of. And it's not baseball related, but do you see Will Ferrell as Ron Burgundy calling the LA Kings game last weekend? I heard about it. Um, so if you, so you need to go look up this video um, the Kings put it up and it's like a third, I think it's all 30 minutes of, of like in play action, um, of Will Ferrell as Ron Burgundy calling this fucking period. And wow. it's all the, like by the beard of, by great Odin's Raven, uncle Jonathan's corn cob pipe. He uses all of that effortlessly in calling a hockey game. It's incredible. I mean, there are clips of just the highlights. I would recommend just throwing on the full 30 minute video and just having that on the background. It'll sound like you're listening to a game on the radio and it's incredible. He describes it perfectly. Again, he uses those Ron Burgundy isms. Uh, it was just, it's, it's hilarious. And it just makes me anchorman two was, you know, it came a little too late. And I think if they tried an anchorman three, I don't know if it works, but anchorman is one of those quintessential movies that it may be, might be the ultimate comedy, Craig. Agreed. It's, it's hilarious. Um, I'll have to check it out for sure. Mine yeah. would be... Um, so, keeping in the National League, NLE's theme, a uh, little bit of a self-serving one, but the New York Mets just bought the Syracuse whatever, the minor league team, now the the Syracuse Mets. So what the New York Mets did today, uh, in in an off day before they head back to New York City for um, whatever, in promotion to build up this new minor league team, they did, I think you and I talked about this, they had the team, the Mets, do batting practice, pitching live in the Carrier Dome in Syracuse. That's pretty cool. Do they... uh do they have the ability to like make the carrier dome usable for baseball games or is there no way to like move the bleachers for the football field out? So they played softball games there last year. Really? Yeah. The softball team, 
Uh, and they might have some this year too, but the softball team has or had played um, a couple games last year and the year before. And because I know the weather is bad, all that stuff. So it may not be because I know softball feels a little smaller than baseball. It may not be big enough because yeah. Syracuse doesn't have a men's baseball team. So it may not be big enough for that. Oh, but, it doesn't even matter. Okay. Right. They definitely can play softball. Yeah. Have they ever tried to use it for? Do they do they do they still only have women's hockey or do they have a men's team yet? No, just women's. Just women's. Um, right. Yeah, there was okay. talk of doing like a doing a hockey game for the local minor league team. Oh, uh, you have an Crunch. HL team. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, they have the Syracuse Crunch. Um, not me, but the Syracuse does. They have a Syracuse, yeah, Syracuse Crunch. Does. Yeah, that's right. Um, so there is there was talk of doing that, but the dome's just way too hot. It would never work out. Um, okay. But you know, Jordy, that's what I need to check out. I need to come to the dome sometime. Yeah, that's a blast for sure. Yeah. You know what, Jordy? Though that was cool. You know, I thought it was a little unique thing for them to to do and no, go that's through. Awesome. But, I uh, didn't see that. Uh, Do you see that their flight got in like three and a half hours late? Oh shit! No. Yeah, it landed at like I think like one a.m. local time last last night. Damn. Man, it's just something like the engine wouldn't start. The good news is that there's not a lot to yeah. do in Syracuse, so it's probably. Unless uh, unless Syndergaard and Degrom wanted to talk to the college coeds, but uh, there's not a lot to do up at Syracuse, so yeah. probably for the better. Probably, <laughs> Jordy. World Series prediction. Ooh, off the cuff. This is our last one before the regular season starts. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with. Hmm. I'm going to pick the Astros over the Cubs. Nice. You're really all in on the Cubs, huh? Yeah, I think they have a bounce back year, man. I think the Dodgers, uh, I think they have, you know, this is a bit of a down year. They're a little banged up entering the year. I, you know, I don't know where, where they're really at. Um, and I think, you know, I like I love the concept of the Cubs versus the, the, the computer. And I think Joe Madden's going to, uh, probably bring david copperfield in to be like hey yeah you know this guy he doesn't use computers and you guys can do whatever you want even though i went to lafayette and that school sucks oh does is lafayette not a good school lafayette is a college and you know um, as you and i can say as university graduates you know sorry did lafayette did they make uh did they do better how'd they do in the tournament uh they didn't make the tournament colgate made right. the tournament out of the patriot league oh, okay got it yeah um actually though speaking of lafayette baseball they had a guy against lehigh actually this weekend who in a three-game series greg hit three home runs and had 15 rbis how about that damn that's impressive yeah pretty insane um what about you what's your world series pick it's tough uh again the trendy pick is the braves but i'm going brewers I'm going yeah, Red Sox. I can see that. I'm going Red Sox over Brewers. Okay. Um, just kidding. I don't really foresee the back Red Sox. Back, baby. I don't really foresee the Red Sox doing that. Um, just because of how my, the toll it took on them last year. Um, I would and love the to war see war that's going to be the American League playoffs. Exactly. I would love to see it, and and quite frankly, that would be a. Uh, that's picking with my heart. That's picking with my heart. That'd be so. that kid's like what seventeenth parade. Yeah, exactly. Picking with my yeah. heart. 
Um, if I was picking with my head, Nationals over Brewers, but reality, I'm picking Red Sox over Brewers. N- Nationals over Brewers? Nationals oh, yeah. is transferring Astros. leagues. Astros. <laughs> Nationals, yeah. Astros. I, uh, I think the Astros are, uh, I think that's a, it's a fine pick. No, it's really the Red Sox. I'm picking the Red Sox. Yeah. Who uh, outside of the Red Sox and the and the Astros though? Who in the American League do you think is a, is a legit shot? The Astros and the Red Sox. You don't think the Indians have a have the uh, the wherewithal to try to, to try to make some sort of uh, a move? Well, here's the thing: is I don't really foresee outside of uh, the wild card game being the Yankees versus someone different than who they played last year. They uh, Someone different than the Athletics. It could be like the Twins or some you know random team like that. Uh, even the Rays. The Yankees in the wild card again. I don't foresee the top four teams, Yankees, Red Sox, um, Astros, Indians changing. So I think it's going to be the same four division matchups. I agree or, with you there. Yeah, the same four second round or whatever, really the first round, but second round games because the playing game is just that, a playing game, not the first round. Um, so I think it's going to be the same four there. The first round. I think it's the wild card round. Right, I think, I think it's the same four there, and then uh, I just think the Astros and the Red Sox are that much better than – I guess it depends on the matchup at that point because if yeah. the Astros are the one seed – yeah. yeah, Astros the one seed, Yankees the four seed, then, yeah, I mean, Astros, Red Sox again. Um, but if it's Indians, Yankees somehow, and Astros, Red Sox in the first round, then, you know, we're having a different conversation, and whoever comes out of the Astros, Red Sox, I think beats the Indians or Yankees, personally. So, no. um, realistically, yes. Yes, Jordy, it's the playoffs. Any of those four teams, I mean, it's a four-team race. Any of those four teams really could do it, but the National League's way more wide open. Um yeah, it's going to be – it'll be really interesting to see how the National League shakes out. And uh, I think this might be – and I know there's the rule changes and everything, but um, it's going to be re- – the one trade deadline is going to be really intriguing to see how the month of July shakes out. Yeah, so they're not doing the whole uh, trade during waiver things anymore, huh? Yeah, they took away – they took that away. They made it – I think it was you and I that talked about it the day that, that that this passed, or was it Maddie D? But they made it a little more, more, little more easy to understand. You know, just one trade deadline. Don't have to explain the process of putting a guy on waivers and having him clear and how that all works. So, you know, good on you, baseball. <laughs> and they got rid of the DL. It's now the IL. Yes, it is the injured league or injured list. Um, injured league. Yikes! That uh, that sound that's worse than what the disabled list was. Why the disabled list got changed? Uh, apologies, um, but Greg, anything else before we before we get this season officially underway on Thursday? Go Sox! I hear that man. Go Phils! Hey, and make sure. What was that? Go Sox! <laughs> Red well, Sox. For all you guys out there, thank you so much for checking out these spring training previews. We hope you guys stick around with us throughout the season. Greg and I will be back. Uh, we'll actually need to figure out when we're going to be back for, listen, to break down the first week of the season. For uh, those, what is that, Greg? For all those people out there, Jordy knows his stuff. He's the guy who, as the inside track, he knows baseball. He knows the, the sports pod. I know you're listening to it now. I may have, I may have not have had my A game tonight, but Jordy always oh, the Greg, constant. You always have the A game. Don't worry there. 
Jordy, always the consummate professional, always carries the squad. Um, I promise you the jokes are fast and flying. I challenge Jordy more than uh, we do. Jordy, ask Jordy questions. We we put him on the spot. And uh, normally the pod is awesome and great. Uh, it was awesome more, tonight, Greg. Don't I'm worry. just saying these are more previews than what it's like in the regular season. And, oh, uh, yeah. A little taste. The right, yeah, well, just this, yeah. So the regular just season, tip. regular tip. season, yeah. Seattle Pills. <laughs> Nailed it. Go back and listen to pods from last year if you need to know what it's like to see uh, the regular season pods. But uh, it's going to be great. This season's going to be great, and I uh, can't wait until uh, the Bruins win the cup and the Celtics win the NBA Finals and we sweep Boston. Hot sweep, takes uh, there. Boston oh, sweeps man. one, two, three, four. This is the only time it's going to happen, and realistically, it's not going to happen. But those are the. The reality is, this is the only year it could happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping all four Philadelphia teams make the playoffs in one year, which isn't going to happen this year because the Flyers are pretty much dead. Um, make the playoffs, huh? Yikes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, a man can dream. I want to go to a home game for all four teams in one year. You know, not everybody's got all the, the luxuries of Boston and all that. We're quick, getting off the rails here. Real quick, okay, before but, we finish. All right. this, the 76ers and... Sounds like start a four or five matchup right now. No, the six or the three. Oh, they moved up. Yeah, they moved up. They passed Indiana. Okay, good. I was going to say because no four and five seed has ever won uh, the NBA Finals. Really? Yeah. Interesting. There's, that's like the talk right now all over Boston because they're saying how. And this was again. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Interesting. Go ahead. I didn't realize that. Uh, well, that's going to do it for us. Make sure you like share and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. So you don't miss an episode. Uh, Greg and I are going to be back in. I'm not sure when we're going to break down the first week of the season, but we also do our hockey podcast for those that have never listened to that blue line icing. Um, we need to figure out a time to do that to preview the end of the season and then preview the playoffs. Cause that's like two and a half weeks away. Um, Maddie D the other co-host who's also a big Phillies fan. And I will probably record some sort of basketball, type nonsense because the you know tournaments in full swing and all that good stuff um and then we have a, a bunch of other nonsensical podcasts 10 topics five minutes um where we just you know put yourself explanatory pick 10 topics spend five minutes on each of them make sure you like and share and subscribe to the podcast search the bullpen cart on itunes stitcher spotify wherever you get your podcasts find us on twitter thunder blg thunderbox sports on instagram and facebook greg Thank you, as always. I thought your A-game was here and was on fire tonight, and I am so excited for this season, my man. Jordy, go Sox, go Bees, go Cs, and obviously the Pats are the world champs. Let's go, Phils, babe. Everybody <laughs> have a great have have a great week. Was that a was that a universal babe, or was that specific to one or two uh, people who listen? Mr. Gabe the Babe. <laughs> nice. Wow. Thanks on his feet quickly. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love Gabe the Babe. Oh, yeah. Uh, what a guy. He is, he's the babe. He's the babe. What a guy. Um, let's go, Phils. Have a good, have a good week, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon.